Hey, this is Let's Parent on Purpose. It's a podcast to help parents thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name's Jay Holland, and I'll be sharing the tools, tips, and tricks that I've learned in 20 years of successes and failures in student ministry, foster parenting, and parenting my own kids. All right, before I jump right into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment and thank you for listening. This is episode number 20 of Let's Parent on Purpose, which is pretty awesome because that means that um, it wasn't a total failure and some people are being helped by it. So I am glad that you're listening, that you're sharing, that you're subscribing, and uh, that you're also helping give some good information and good topics for upcoming episodes. Really, really helpful. Hope you enjoy today. It's a special treat. First ever interview that we've done. So here we go. All right. We're going to do something that I think is going to be fun today, something we've never done before. Uh, if it sounds a little bit tinny and hollow, it's because I'm actually going to do an interview today. We have this new fancy microphone, so we might as well use it for good. And uh, many of you all who are listening are going to know the subject of my interview. If not, um, by the end of this time, you'll know him so well, you'll feel like he's your own kid. Uh, so I want to introduce today to you one of my favorite human beings in the whole world, Davis Price. Hi, Davis. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Jay. Hi. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell a little bit about yourself in case... Somebody doesn't happen to know you who's listening. Okay. Um, my name is Davis. I am a pastor's kid. I'm 17 years old. Grown up in Stewart my whole life. Um, senior in high school. I enjoy the beach and listening to music and playing music and a bunch of other things. All right. Davis, are you currently single? I am currently single, okay. yes. So in case any grandmothers are listening... Who have awesome granddaughters between <laughs> let's say, the ages of like sixteen and twenty-two? I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, Davis, uh, you are coming up on the end of your senior year, and we do something each year called a rite of passage uh, experience, where it's kind of the time where we stop looking at our uh, students as as kids or as teenagers, and we we recognize and affirm them as adults, and so. Building up to that, you've got to spend a lot of time in in our youth helping teach some of the things that we've learned over the years over manhood and womanhood. And I thought this would kind of be kind of a cool experience towards the end of that of you looking back on some things that have been influential to you and maybe along the way helping give some of us parents some insight on how we screw up or maybe how we do things right. So first off, um, how about answering how did you come to faith? Like how did you come to faith in Jesus? Well, when I was uh, when I was six years old, as I said before, I, was, I grew up in the church. Um, when I was six, I, I understood uh, the basics of the gospel and that I was a sinner. And I knew that Jesus uh, was the only way to save me from my sins. So I asked Jesus to come into my heart at a young age of six. Um, and I think that he did, absolutely. But uh, about when I was 12 is really when I understood God's, God's love for me and... Um, really really just clicked in my mind of uh, what following Jesus looked like. So awesome. kind of first encounter with uh, with Jesus when I was six and um, just really understanding, I guess, Christianity as a whole uh, about an age of 12. Okay, great. Um, you have you, you mentioned that you're a pastor's kid and you went from being the youngest to a middle child in the midst of adopting two, two kids out of foster. So now uh, you're smack in the middle. Uh, in terms of being a pastor's kid, in what ways has being a pastor's kid helped your faith, you think? Okay, well, I definitely think that um, 
my, my parents, uh, since I'm a pastor's kid, like my, my dad, uh, his job is to, is to serve Jesus and lead other people in serving Jesus. And I think that, that him and my mom do a, do a great job of, of modeling what a, what a healthy, uh, marriage looks like and definitely healthy parenting. So I think that in itself is a, is a huge advantage that, that I had, um, just, just having a stable household. And, um, I also think it's been, it's been a really, really awesome privilege to like get to go on things younger than, than other kids. Like I, I went on my first mission trip when I was about seven and, uh, just to, just to understand what, what people in different countries were going through at such a young age gave me, I think a perspective that, uh, that other people, other younger kids might not, might not get until they were older. Yeah. Cool. What about ways that it's hurt your faith? Maybe it's been a huge detriment because it feels like almost every pastor's kid who gives a testimony talks about all of these terrible things about being a pastor's kid. So how has it wrecked your faith or at least how has it made it more difficult? <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, definitely like there's, there's struggles that come with, come with being in the immediate family of a pastor, but, um, I think the goods definitely outweigh the bads, but I uh, just run through the bads really quick. I'd say, um, even as a young kid, a lot of adults who weren't my parents had just very high expectations of me, um, in, at least in comparison to, to other kids. Like, I remember Faith We Were Friends, all the kids don't bring their Bible. I'm one of all the kids, and it's like, <laughs> Davis, why don't you bring your Bible? <laughs> I forgot it. Um, so definitely just trying to live up to those high expectations. And also, um, basically, I mean, if you're if you're a teenager and you make dumb decisions outside of a ministry family. It's like, ah, uh, dude, don't make dumb decisions. But when it's, uh, when your dad's the pastor of a, of a congregation and you make dumb decisions, um, that's more widely publicized and definitely affects, uh, your family, um, as a whole. Cause it, uh, I guess it kind of tells a story of, um, usually a false story of your, your parents not <laughs> being able to being able to control you or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I think just the higher expectations and, and the higher scrutiny. Um, but I definitely think that the goods outweigh the bads. All right. Did, did your dad ever sit you down and say, Davis, if you continue to do this, I'm going to get fired <laughs> and I'm going to go work at Home Depot. <laughs> I think that he would enjoy working at Home Depot, honestly. He's there, I think, 10 times a week at least. But um <laughs> There's never really, I've, I mean, I've done a lot of stupid stuff, but there's never really been a point where it's like, hey, if you do this, I'm going to lose my job because I've known not to do extremely <laughs> stupid things um, just because I, I understand the consequences and right. just the potential for, for disaster. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'd say one thing is your, your, your dad and mom have such a tender heart for broken people. You've had a lot of great examples through your life of if you choose this path then you're yeah, you're gonna be living we've you're had, gonna be living in a had, shed outside of some we, benevolent pastor's had, house yeah someday. we've had uh, we've had definitely <laughs> definitely several several people come through our house and um the majority of them have have been people who were in really in really rough places and have walked out um much better and i mean they're not perfect obviously because nobody's perfect but it's it's really awesome um to get to see those examples of if you make bad decisions, this is what happens. Also, though, to, I mean, make good friends mm -hmm. um, with people like living in your house, like with people 45 years older than you. Um, and uh, that's just been a really big blessing for me. Um, but sometimes people can come and live, live in your house and 
they leave, and uh, a couple weeks later, they're, I mean, selling drugs again. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another, uh, it's one of the things that's that's hard about, about being in ministry. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of chances for, um, to get attached to people that then make hurtful choices. Yeah, and the people, and the people's families especially. Like, right. Especially younger kids who, who don't have don't have control of the situation. They're not the ones making the making the decisions for the family. They're, they're just the ones suffering the brunt of the consequences. Yeah. That's really hard to watch. Your parents, they raise you, and they're the ones who love you the most. But sometimes when there's stuff going on in your life that you're ashamed of or you fear your parents or just don't think they'll understand, I think for me, a couple, a couple of guys in the church, um, uh, some youth leaders and, and some older guys who... Uh, who have just been there for me and like sought to hung out, sought, uh, hang out with me, sought uh-huh. to uh, just spend time with me and pour into me and give me advice and just encouragement. Um, but also I think with mentors, there's there's less fear of rejection. Hmm. And um, I think with, uh, with going to somebody and like talking, hey, this is what's going on, I think the mentors are are less afraid of hurting your feelings, at least in my experience, and they'll say, hey, that's really stupid. You should, like, cut it out. Or, I've gone through this. This is how this helped me. Um, so I definitely think it's super important to have, especially um, older male mentors um, by a couple of generations, usually. Yeah. Old people, though slower and not necessarily advantageous on your basketball team, come in really handy for other things in life, right? Yes, very true. <laughs> Uh, what do you think are some of the most difficult pressures on teens today? Uh, on teens in general, um, I think it's our outside of the church, and of course inside the church because teens aren't aren't necessarily sheltered from everything uh, in the church. But in in a world in a worldly sense, I think the biggest pressure of on uh, on teenagers uh, is just the oversexualized culture, mm-hmm. and basically to have sex or to pursue pornography and if you don't do those things you're either weirdo or you're gay that's that's the two things that i've gotten a lot from um friends who aren't believers but i say in the church it's just those those high expectations from from leaders and Mm -hmm. i think um in the church for me i think the biggest pressure has been taking on leadership roles Mm -hmm. and uh I found myself overwhelming myself because I choose to um, with things that other people could easily do, but I just feel this over overbearing sense of responsibility. So I think that's that's the biggest pressure for me in the, hmm. in the church. Hmm. Um, as far as parents go, uh, what do you think? So, so you, a lot of times you have parents of, of kids and the parents go to church and the kids go to church, but sometimes I think parents can do like make decisions or have actions that seem to really be tanking their kids walk or making it harder. So what are some of the things that you've seen like in your peers and classmates and, and kids that have gone to church where it feels like the parents decision making, even church families that their decision making is make it making it harder for the kids to consistently follow Jesus. I think uh, some parents think obviously like all parents love their children, but some some parents think that love implicates 
hovering hmm. and uh, seeing a lot of a lot of as, as they say helicopter parents um, over their kids and it's it's basically like I'm going to hover you hover I'm sorry hover over you and make sure that you follow Jesus mm-hmm. and whenever they get any independence and they're in charge of their own walk with Jesus, they they realize, as the teens, wow, my walk with Jesus was just my parents making mm, me walk wow. with Jesus. And uh, and there's nothing there, so they just abandon it. I think wow. that's why we have such such high rates of people getting cars and dropping out of dropping out of churches. Um, but say, I'd say, yeah, just the hovering and the constant spoon-feeding. Spoon and I think sometimes... I've seen I've seen families uh, mandate Bible reading, like parents mandate their kids reading the Bible, uh-huh. and I think that's really dumb, <laughs> because, because like you're not gonna grow reading the Bible when somebody's making you do it, and mm-hmm. you have that that premise of I have to do this, I have to get this done. My my uh, I guess most rat, rapid growth spiritually has been like. When I when I read the Bible, without mandate, mm-hmm. I realize that the Bible is well written since Jesus wrote it, <laughs> um, and I think man- mandated reading your Bible is is pretty pretty useless because I think we should want to read the Bible and if a kid doesn't want to read the Bible they don't have to read the Bible in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one as a parent because I mean they don't want to eat my vegetables that I put out either, but. Uh... Yeah, we don't we don't force Bible reading like that in, in our house either. But it's you try to incorporate the discussions, you try to do stuff like that. But yeah, it's hard because we're talking about a work of grace in kids' lives. But there are like there are guidelines, but but you can't make a faith out of laws and then expect that it's going to take root in their hearts. Uh, what about on the other end where you see sometimes that parents show up, but they're like basically just dropping their kids off at stuff because um, it seems like that's another extreme that you have. How do you think that affects kids? Well, I think if you have no model of of a Christian, of Christian either marriage or a Christian parenting, then, I mean, that definitely, it makes it hard for that, uh, what, the, the goal of a good, a good marriage or good parenting skills to carry over to the next generation. Mm. And I also think that with parents who are basically absent from the church and their kids, um, I guess, are independent um, in their faith, I've seen it both ways where parents aren't involved in the church, and again, kids are involved until they get cars and licenses, Mm -hmm. or girlfriends, or boyfriends, or, or whatever it is, and then they drop out. They stop coming. And, uh... I definitely think that, I mean, if you're, but I've seen it the other way too, again, um, of kids having to be independent in their faith and them being stronger believers than the vast majority of, of people in the, in the group. Hmm. Um, so I think it can go, it can go both ways. Um, I certainly think that, uh, if a, if a parent claims to be a believer and shows no involvement in the church or no interest in involvement, then that makes it even more difficult than if a parent is like, I'm just not interested. Yeah. I, I, I think in my experience, that's dead on. 
it's easier for a kid if their parents just totally don't claim to be Christian because they're not showing hypocrisy in the house. Those who claim to be a Christian are just kind of show up, you know, three times a month, something like that, um, but live a completely different life. Those seem to be the ones where it's the hardest for the kids to, to stay in their faith. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So w- would you have any kind of advice for a parent who feels like they're struggling in their relationship with their teen? Um, yeah, I think in rec- recently, in the past year, I've, I've been struggling with a lot of stuff. And what's really helped like me break through some stuff is, is my, my dad and my mom being honest about their struggles. Hmm. Cause I'm, I have fantastic parents and, um, it's hard to, it's hard to look at them and say, this is what they struggle with, especially with my dad. Huh. Um, but he, he told me like, Hey, like, I know you struggle with this. Like I struggle with this too, but, and it's like, Whoa, you struggle with stuff. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were perfect. Um, so I think definitely being honest about what's going on in your life and what's difficult for you, either at work or um, in relationships, it has really helped me um, a lot. Yeah, at work, he's like, I got this other pastor that works there that just, <sighs> yeah. Um, all right, Davis, 10 years from now, where do you see yourself? 10 years from now, I will be 27 years old because 17 plus 10 is 27. It is. Good amount. Um, <laughs> There's a feature in that for you, maybe. Uh, you know what? I thought I wanted to be an accountant, and then I took an accounting class and I failed it. <laughs> I didn't fail actually. I dropped out. I'm sorry. Um, because I was going to fail it. Uh, so in tw- I'll just say, uh, like in stages of life, I guess I'd like to be out of college. Um, really like to be debt free. Um, probably won't own a house by 27. So hopefully we'll have to pay off some student loans. Um, I'd like to be married. I'd like to be married like five years earlier than that, actually. All right. Um, being married with a kid, and I have no idea what I'll be doing as a career. But Just not accounting. Yeah, so that's not great, accounting. man, because the world was your oyster, and now women's MBA, probably men's MBA, <laughs> and accounting have been taken off the plate. <laughs> so I'd probably also say Buddhist monk, and yeah, I like food way too much. For <laughs> yeah, and uh, can I take off yoga instructor as well? Can we just knock that I off? I actually, I really enjoy yoga. Okay. No, just kidding. <laughs> you can definitely take that off. You can take off yoga, Pilates. Um, Probably not foot model either. I'm no, I could be a, my dad calls me Fred Flintstone <laughs> and Frodo Baggins um, because my feet are so wide and hairy. So that's... Yeah. It's just one one of the things I'm insecure about, my feet. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't mean to bring that up here. But just you have great so feet. Embarrassed. They 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 hold you up thanks, perfectly. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you that I am super excited about where you're gonna be in the next ten years and hope to get to be a part of that. I've been grieving your graduation for a year. But now it's just about on us. So it's it's been an awesome ride. Uh, thank you so much. Was this terribly painful, or do you think you might be able to do it again at some point? It was extremely painful. <laughs> no, absolutely. It was very enjoyable. I would love to do it again. That's good. Probably this is going to be the number one episode on iTunes of anything ever. Probably. So, um, and you were there for it. So. Yes. All right. Thanks so much, Davis. You're so welcome.
All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for listening today. And I hope that it was a blessing to you. I know it was to me. And pray for Davis as he goes off to school. Um, This has been Let's Parent on Purpose. It is a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. Uh, If you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you join us Sunday mornings, 930, 11 o'clock in Stewart. You can check us out at covenantfellowship.com. Again, go to letsparentonpurpose.com because there's going to be a special blog written by Davis that he doesn't know yet, but he's going to do. Beyond that, this is Jay Holland. Thank you so much for joining us, reminding you it is a marathon, not a sprint, and we'll talk to you soon.